Okay, Boker Tov, we're about to uh, resume the Gemara on Yudalama Bays, but we have another question. So we, we do public, exec, executions are done publicly. And if we do an execution in public during the Chag, during the full month, it's really not a very much of a simcha, even though we're doing what we're supposed to do. It's not a joyous event for the public, and therefore, how can we do it during... So the last question. That was the last question I asked last night. Well, yeah, no, right. no, but the day before, it's a definition of simcha. No, 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 you're taking a no. You're taking away no. So we're saying is you don't do something that gives the people sadness. Right. Right. On the other hand, you have a public mitzvah to burn out the evil in your midst, and we can't have simcha if evil exists with us. Okay. It's not commemorating someone's death. We push off because. There's no evil that has to be removed. Here, when a person does a sin, that is evil, right? See, here we now, now it gets us to a new <laughs> world. You know, how do we deal with evil? Do we just say, well, the evil's fine, no problem, BLM, let them burn up buildings. We have to respect their feelings and, you know, they have to let it out and all this stuff. You know, you, we can't have simcha with Hashem knowing that there is evil in our midst and that is um, part of this whole system. Okay, this whole... Why do we have a whole... Uh, okay. Why do we have... If you ask a Canadian, why do we have a justice system? Or an American? What are they going to say? Get rid of evil. No. That's not what they're saying. Okay, you tell me you're a citizen in Canada, yes, Shelley? And you support the 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 the, ju the judicial system, correct? Yeah, okay. Why, 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 and you're paying tax dollars for it. Okay, why? Why should there be a judicial system? Ask a goy, ask a goy. Okay, no, each of, okay, that's what they, that is, that is the correct answer. And that's what the Mishnah says. Pray for the wealth of the government, even though in South Africa they're not anymore, just for the people, for the people, for the South Africans, but not for the government. Or the president. Yeah. But Mishnah says, everybody alive, to keep civility. Okay. That is not why the Torah has a judicial system. That's not why the is a judicial system. Because we have a God. The God is the source of all reality. The most important thing in our lives is the honor of Hashem. When a person does not vera, he is disgracing Hashem. He's revolting against Hashem. Now, you have a, 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 a revolutionary in your midst. How can we have simcha when there's a guy who went and desecrated Hashem's name and he's walking around peacefully? Now, as David HaMelech says, Ohavei Hashem Sinura. 
Those who love Hashem hate evil. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you show your love for Hashem? Many ways. One of the ways is, yes, you go to the base of Migdash on the holidays. Yes, that's how you, you love Hashem. I'm, I'm taking a vacation, not a vacation, mm-hmm. I'm taking a break from work. Why? So some people say I'm taking a break to see my grandchildren. You know, going out of town. That's nice. I'm taking a break from work to see my God. Right? That, that's what Yom Tov's about. That's the Simcha, right? Isn't that the Simcha? Because you're going to be with God. Now, how can you go to God knowing that in your locale, there's a murderer? And that murderer is evil. And the Torah says many times, you will clean out the evil from your midst. So how can there be a Simcha if evil is there? And it's not just for one person. It's the whole community. The guy... You know, it's it's so you you got to burn it out. How, how can we even have a simcha knowing there's a person who has done essentially murder? That's like the worst thing you could do. That means you mamish, you killed someone as the tzelamelo kim. It's like it's like you take a picture of the of whatever president, whatever whatever leader, and you go and spray paint it. You know that's not very nice. Well, now we're not talking about any old human being. We're talking about God. You took some of the image of God, you murderer, and you went and killed somebody. Now, how can we enjoy, how can we enjoy Yontif? I think this guy, you know, Lahavdal, Lahavdal. It's totally not the same idea. Let's say um, you're, you're marrying off a kid and you had a bitter divorce with uh, your ex. Bitter, bitter. And that was terrible, did disgusting things. Let's even say was involved with incest with your kids. I mean, let, let's make it really bad, okay? And now you make you are now paying the wedding. The the the, the other spouse hasn't been around for years. He shows up at the wedding. Wow, we have to have simcha. We can't throw him out, can we? <laughs> sure, you throw him out. How can I enjoy the simcha knowing this guy made mis- everybody's life miserable? We say, no, you know, let, let him stay. But you know what he did? You know what he did? I, I, I'm emotionally scarred for the rest of my life. The collar was, my daughter is scarred for the rest of her life. Let him come. Let him, let him hang around. He just wants to come over and say, Mazel Tov and dance with you. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you, is that going to make you happy? No. So how can we be happy knowing that a Russia who, who disregards and dishonors and dis Disgraces God is there. It's taka simcha to get rid of such a guy. Right? Oh, have Hashem sinura. Now, I know that's not very liberal, but uh, the liberals don't believe in God. So, but you hear? Is that a good answer? Yeah. Okay. So, execution is a simcha. It, yes. Again, it's like it's like uh, Steve said, although it didn't seem so in the beginning, but he's right. It's you're doing exactly the thing Hashem wants you to do at this time. Now, it's not the same, of course, like the uh, jihadists who they, they it's a simcha to kill Jews and little babies, because but from their perspective, their corrupted perspective, they feel God's very happy with them. And that's why they're joyful, right? While in Israel, you'll never find Israelis sits, uh, dancing and singing because we killed Arabs. We only sing and dance when we realize we're safe. 
That's what we sing and dance for. We don't sing and dance for Kilgarev. Although some of the, you know, it's regrettable that there is collateral damage to uh, children. But uh, what can you do? But uh, we don't celebrate that. So that is the answer. To the good question, good answer. All right. We're still uh, pondering the law of a uh, person who has been excommunicated. Does his excommunication get knocked off with the Chag? So we tried to bring a proof. We said it's not necessarily a proof. So now we're going to try one more time. Toshma. So let's try from our own Mishnah to bring a proof. Let's go back to what our Mishnah said. Our Mishnah said, Umenuda and a fellow who was excommunicated, whom the Chachamim released from the man. So now, what is the simple meaning? What's the simple meaning of, and, and he could take a haircut on Cholomoy. That's what our mission said. The guy was in excommunication. The ban has been released. Now he can go get a haircut. So what's the Gemara thinking, the Mishnah is saying, or Abaye who's asking a question, what's he thinking? Yeah, they released him because it's Yontif. And the Yontif, the rabbi said, he doesn't have to observe it anymore. That's why he's been released. So now such a guy can take a haircut on Cholomoyed. That's what the, what else could that mean? It must mean uh, if we release him because it's it's Yantif and we release them from that. Not because he's Thermazah? Ah. So that's a good refutation to this proof. <laughs> or better yet, Amarava, Sarava answers, listen, let's know exactly what the word said. Mi Ketani did it say Shehiti Ruhu Chachamim? That the sages released, which is a general statement, Hitiruhu, that's not what it said. It says, Shehitiru lo It says that the sages released him. It didn't say he was released in general, but they released him. What has been released him? Not to mean that since it was Yontem, it just got knocked out. That would mean he was released. It was released, but it said they released him. Why? He went and appeased his claimant. The guy did tshuva. The guy did tshuva. They banned him for a reason. Let's say he didn't give his wife a divorce. That's a good reason to ban a guy. All right? So they banned him. So guess what? Middle of Cholomite says, okay, okay, here's the get. Okay, fine. Now we release him. It's not because the Yontif pushed it off. It's because there was a reason to put it off. And then... And then he came before the rabbi. I said, here's the get. I gave her the get. And they released him. Now, if the mission would have only said they released it without the word lo to him, it would be implying that the sages lifted the ban from every excommunication because Yontav came. But since it says they released him, means it's a particular case that the guy appeased his claimant and there was no reason for the excommunication. And now the mission does not at all suggest that festivals supersede excommunication. So it comes out no proof and we have no proof and the Gemara does not resolve whether the guy is, uh, it gets released or not because Cholomoid comes. Okay, so... Uh, that's the Shiloh with no answer from the Gemara. And 
since nowadays we don't have people who are put in these kinds of bands, so it's not okay for us. Okay, so it's unresolved. So from one unresolved issue, we go to another issue that we hope to resolve. There is another. What about Mitzora? Okay, how about a Mitzora? Okay, now we know a Mitzora has Saras, and he behaves in certain ways like a mourner. He has to wrap the cloak around him to show he's a mourner. He has to be outside of the uh, the community of certain types of Saras, etc., etc., so now he's in the he has saras. It hasn't been cured yet. Mahu What's the law regarding him conducting himself in a festival? Does he have those restrictions? And what are the restrictions? He can't come into the Jewish camp. He can't cut his hair. He can't launder his clothing. He can't greet other people. So do these restrictions supersede the midst of rejoicing or not? Same issue as a person who was under a ban. Excommunication. Same idea, so to speak. Although it's not for a specific thing, it's for the tzaras itself. And let's say, you know, the guy has tzaras and he has to sit a week and this and that. Or do we just say, no, it's Yantav. He doesn't have to conduct himself as a mitzora. So, that's the Shiloh. Shama Rabbi, Rabbi says, Toshma. Come and hear from our Mishnah. We go back to our Mishnah that said the following. Which people are exceptions to the rule and they're allowed to get a haircut on Cholamite? What are the people? Anazir. Okay, Anazir. Vahamitsora mitumasolitaraso. He goes from his state of contamination to his state of purity, meaning that a Mitsora, and it says it can be released. Okay, he, he went, he went, a Mitzorah's tummy. Eventually, when it goes away, he becomes Tor. So now, when he becomes Tor, and he became Tor on Chol Hamoed, he can now take a haircut. All right, so it says, but we'll say clearly, a Mitzorah, when can he take a haircut on Chol Hamoed? When his period of being a Mitzorah ends, and he brought the Korbanos, and now he's Back to regular. He went through the procedure. Not that we stopped it in the middle. No. He went through the full procedure. Full procedure. He had to wait seven days. Okay, whatever. And then they had to do all the things they had to do to make him tar. Brings the Corbin. Now he's tar. Guess what? But I couldn't take a haircut because it was... I was a Mitzara before Erev Yontif and Anyontif. So Okay, so now you can take a haircut. So what's the implication why do we say he could take a haircut? Why didn't it just say that the holiday knocked it off? No, it didn't. Oh, but that's the point. Must be it didn't knock it off. Because no. if it knocked it off, we wouldn't have to allow him to get a haircut in the middle of Kolomoyed because we didn't stop it. Implication is, hobby made to muscle, implying if it was during, if it was Tom May when the Yontif came, Nohik. Then he would conduct himself according to Tsaras. Oh, Matsara, because only because it was finally finished on Cholamoid and he couldn't take the haircut before him. But the, why couldn't he take the haircut before him? If you, let's say, that the Yontif pushed it out and it was no longer a Matsara, no longer had the restrictions. Or at least we deferred the restrictions. But we must be not, that we have it all the time. Lochera, it is a proof. Gemara says, no. No, we can learn the Mishnah not to say, this is the fact to excluding the other fact. But rather, you could say the Mishnah is a lo mi boy comma. 
it's a not only this, but this too. Okay? And therefore, what does it mean to say? He's saying the bigger point, and the other point is for sure not. What does this mean? Lo me, boy, the mission saying this. Not only be made to maso de lo noig, it's not necessarily to say the law of Mitzvah during the late days of his contamination that he doesn't conduct himself with the restrictions of Tsaras. Because they, oh, it for sure pushes it off. Really? For sure pushes it off. Not only, this is to say it's not proof. We could learn it this way. Not only when Yontif comes, the Tsaras gets pushed off, Tsaras gets pushed off. But I might have thought, but to become pure, maybe Nigzor will make a decree, Shema Yasha Kovanasov. Maybe we'd make a decree that he should not cut his hair during Kolomoid. Why? Because he will delay bringing the offerings that he has to bring until the last day of Yantif. Let's explain what the problem is. Once a Mitzurah cuts his hair on the normal Mitzurah, the seventh day, he becomes obliged to bring a korban to atone for the final atonement. Now let's say the seventh day of his purification comes out on Cholomoyed. So what's he supposed to do? He's supposed to bring the korban. All right? So the reason to fear that he will delay his offering somewhat and come to bring them on the last day of the festival, which is forbidden, because individuals are forbidden to offer their sacrifices on the last day of a festival, which is not Cholomoyed, but Yontif. One might therefore think that prevent such a transgression, we should prohibit the Mitzvah to cut his hair on the seventh day of the purification process when it falls during Cholomoyed, so as to defer the obligation to bring the sacrifices until after Yantar. Whereas the guy has got to bring a korban. So I don't want to bring it on Cholomoyed. I'm going to go to, anyway on Yantar, so I'll bring the korban on Yantar. So I might think we should not let him get out of the Tsaras. So therefore he won't think to bring the korban on Yantar. We say, no, we don't worry about that. He can even do that. So it's not, we thought it meant he takes a haircut on Cholomoyed and he could not take a haircut beforehand. We're saying, no, not necessarily. It could be he could take a haircut before Yontif. But I might have thought he can't take a haircut on Cholomoyed. He can't uh, get a haircut on Cholomoyed when it stops because maybe he'll defer the corp until Yontif, which he's not allowed to do. So he can even do that. Kamash Malon, he can even bring the Corbin, and therefore, no proof from our Mishnah. Okay, but now we finally come to prove something. Amarav, Rav says the following, very fascinating case. <clears throat> Toshma, from the word Vahatsaru'ah. Okay, the Torah says, and the person with Tsaras, his garment shall be ripped, the hair is to be unshorn, what is the word hot tsarua? The tsarua, Gemara says, Lorabos to include a Kohen Godol. A Kohen Godol in the laws of Tsaras. Because the word hot tsarua is repetitive. Because both the preceding verse, he is a person with Tsaras, he's contaminated. And the continuation of the verse is, in whom there is an affliction, clearly identifies the subject as the Matsara. So why do you say we're getting the word hot tsarua? teaching us that we might have thought that the laws do not apply to a Kohen Godol. And we're saying, no, he is subject to that as well. We might have thought, well, I guess he's an important guy, the Kohen Godol. We can't have him be out of action for seven days. No, no, even a Kohen Godol has to do that. Okay. Now, okay. 
So, now, here, so what's the proof? Well, let's understand. We only celebrate Yontif when it's Yontif. What about a coin god? For her coin god, we'll see in a minute, the Kol Hashana Keregel Lukulial Nidon. A coin god, for him, any day of the year, he treats like a Yontif, like the way the Jews only treat a Yontif when it's Yontif. Okay? We'll see in a minute why. We'll see in a minute why. For him, it's a Gansior Freilich. It's like for a coin godel, every day is a Yontif. We're going to prove it in a minute. But you're going to say, well, why should that be? Again, we come back to that point. For Jews, all year long, yeah, we're supposed to be close to Hashem, but don't necessarily feel it. We're not aware of it. We come on Yantav, we come to the base of Mingdash, we're aware of it. It's happy, this and that. Coin Godel, you're the holiest man in, in the country. You have to feel close to God 24 7, 365. That is the rule of a Coin Godel. He has to always live. His daily life is Yantif. Now, the truth is, a real tzaddik could be that way. But the Kohen Gadol, we legislate it that way. For him, he always has to act like it is a Yantav, within reason, obviously, because he has to do some kind of malacha. But for him, it's always Yantav. And since it's always Yantav, and still what? He's a Matsara. So now, if we say that a Yantav pushes off Tsaras, then the Kohen Gadol should never have to be a Matsara. But since the coin Gadol for him is always a Yom Tov, and he still has to be a Mitzorah, we don't release it, that means that Yom Tov does not release a Mitzorah. That's the proof. Now we just have to show the halachic point that shows that a coin Gadol, it's always a Yom Tov for him. It's not. We learned the following. We know that a regular Kohen, if a close relative dies, and with it before the burial, he's an Onain, very strong level of Morning, he cannot serve in the base of English at that time. Because how can he serve in the base? He's so sad, right? But a coin godol is not like that. Coin godol, makrivonen, he offers sacrifices while he is an onen. However, ve'eno ochel, but he can't eat from the portions. Now, okay, the mission, okay, we learned this from Aaron. Remember, Aaron was the first coin godel, was in the state of Aninus with none of an Avi who died. And, uh, but he didn't eat the chattas. So in response to Moshe's queries to why he failed to eat, he says, now that such things befall me where I to eat the day's chattas offering, his answer implies that while Aaron was permitted to offer the sacrifice, he was not permitted to consume it. Okay. So this passage indicates that a coin godel may perform the temple service after loss of a relative without desecrating the service. So you see that even though for him every day is a yomtev, so every day is a yomtev, how can he do the avoda? The answer is he does the avoda. The avelos, the aninus, does not push off his having his yomtev of bringing korban every day is a yomtev. Therefore, for us, even though it's a yomtev, we keep, uh, it gets pushed off. Shmamina, we learn from there. Noyet Saraso Berego. We learn from this that a Mitzar conducts herself during the festival according to the restrictions imposed upon him by his Saras. Gamora teaches that ordinary people may not send sacrifice to the temple while in the state of Aninus, but they may do so during a festival. 
Inasmuch as we have seen that a Kohen Gadol is an owner and may offer sacrifice through the year, we can conclude the entire year for a Kohen Gadol is equivalent to a festival period for all others. Since the Bryce has taught the Kohen Gadol is indeed susceptible to he still gets Tsaras, the laws still are there. So we say the same thing over here. You have your Tsaras, and therefore it does not get pushed off. Shma no, that is indeed a proof. Now, look at this. Tosfos Arash asks, how is it possible for Kohen Gadol ever to become a Mitzorah? For one to achieve that state, the affliction first must be seen and pronounced Tzoras by a Kohen. However, there's a rule that Kohen do not inspect afflictions on a festival. Hence, if Kohen's Gadol the entire year has the status of a festival, his Tzoras can never be seen, and he cannot become a Mitzorah. Ritvah answers that the rule that trust may not be seen by a coin during the festival is only of rabbinic origin. Our Gemara's discussion concerns biblical law, which is fine. Okay, we end all these shilas. Now what the now we're making at this point is the full shift from laws of Kolamoid. We're shifting right into the laws of mourning, and let's just and they're very all are short. This is the law, this is the proof. This is the law, this is the proof, and we got time to do one. Avel, a mourner, Asurbitasparis, is forbidden to get a haircut. Okay. Tosas uh, below implies that since so many of the restrictions on a mourner are placed upon excommunicates and mitzoras as well. It appears the latter two groups have to some degree the status of a mourner. So now that we're talking about them, let's just go into the mourners now. A mourner cannot get a haircut. How do we know a mourner cannot get a haircut? Well, we're going to see what was told about Kohanim when they are mourners. The Torah tells the sons of Aaron, uh, one to the son of Aaron, while they were mourning for the deaths of Nodav and Aviyu. Okay? While they're mourning for the deaths, Roshechem al tifra'u. Do not leave your heads unshorn. I mean, you must get a haircut. Yeah. Meaning to say, this is an exclusion to the rule. In other words, normally, you don't get a haircut. But since this is a special occasion, it's the day the temple was inaugurated, you cannot show your mourning. Why does the Sam have to tell not to show the mourning? Unless the regular mourning would be, you could not get a haircut. So, Michlal, that implies the Kuli Alma Osur. It implies that everyone else is forbidden to get a haircut. Since it was necessary for the Torah to permit the sons of Aaron to cut the hair while they were mourning, we can inform that the default position is you don't. The fact that more derives this prohibition from a biblical verse appears to refute those who maintain the laws of mourning are rabbinic. So, Machlokas is it biblical or is it rabbinic? This seems to be a biblical proof. However, the commentators explain that these authorities hold that the verse is only a scriptural support and a smachta, but not the actual source. Okay, so clearly we see from here that a mourner cannot cut his hair. And if that's the case, menudem umitsarim. So now we ask the question, what about a person who's excommunicated? What about a person of saras mal in betasparis? What's the law if they can get a haircut? Okay. And that's going to be the... Uh, we're going to leave it at that because it doesn't end very quickly. That becomes the next question. We're right at the top of your test, Bob Ahmed Aleph. And today's class was in memorial of your... Uh,
Mother, Mother Bas Mayor Hakohen. In the Shemesh Shavad Aliyah from the Torah that we learned, Amen. 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 Now, what does the haircut mean? It means shave, shave your head. Uh, no, a haircut. Not completely. Not completely, just a trim. A haircut. In other words, your hair is wild, it looks ugly. Mm. 